This is the Yonkazine Brief with Peter Hoffman and Sonia Portillo. In this episode of the Yonkazine Brief, we talk to Sean McCarty, President and Chief Executive Officer at Cytomics. Dr. McCarty joined Cytomics in 2010 and has more than 20 years of experience in the biotechnology industry, which includes roles in R&D, business development, financing, and general management. I'm Peter Hofland, here with Sonia Portillo, and this is the Youngers in Brief. Dr. McCarty held research leadership and program management roles at Millennium Pharmaceuticals, where he managed biologics discovery programs. SGX Pharmaceuticals, where he spearheaded a wide range of large pharma partnerships as vice president business development prior to the acquisition of the company by Lilly, and was a transactional partner at venture capital firm Papas Ventures, responsible for investments in therapeutic, medical device, and molecular diagnostic companies, including Afferent Pharmaceuticals, which was later acquired by Merck, Tyrex, acquired by Medtronic, Lumina, acquired by Shire, Colucid, acquired by Lilly, and Lead Therapeutics, the originator of Talazoparib, now a Phase three product candidate in the Pfizer pipeline. Dr. McCarthy is also an author on multiple peer-reviewed scientific publications, issued patents, and filed patent applications. Cytomics is unlocking the potential of antibody therapeutics in oncology by developing a novel therapeutic antibody class of highly targeted so-called pro-body therapeutics. In our interview with Sean McCarty, we talk about the history of cytomics, the development of a new class of highly targeted drugs, basic research, and the company's collaboration with industry partners. Let's listen. Dr. McCarthy, thank you for joining us. So first off, can you explain Cytomex's pro-body platform and how is this different from antibody drug conjugates? Yes, well, pleasure to be here. today and uh, to have the opportunity to tell you something about our company. Um, First of all, let me just uh, tell you at a high level what uh, Cytomics is and what we're trying to do. We're a clinical stage biopharmaceutical company based in the San Francisco Bay Area. We are developing a deep and differentiated pipeline of oncology therapeutics based around what we consider to be a very innovative approach to therapeutic antibodies that we call probodies. Probodies are different from typical conventional therapeutic antibodies in in one very important way, which is that we add what we call a mask to the antibody, which is designed to prevent the therapeutic antibody from engaging with its target until the mask is removed. And the, the mask is removed very specifically within cancer tissue by proteins in cancer tissue called proteases. So the net result of this approach, this pro-body approach, is that we can localize or concentrate the therapeutic antibody within cancer tissue and spare binding to normal healthy tissues. And this allows us to do a couple of things. First of all, to broaden what we call the therapeutic window for antibodies, which is the the balance between activity and toxicity. So improve therapeutic window where there's room for improvement, but we can also create a therapeutic window where one did not exist previously for very high potential oncology targets that have not been able to be addressed before. 
And this is allowing us to create a, a pipeline, a deep pipeline of clinical programs, which are uh, either best in class or first in class. And by the end of this year, end of 2018, we, we plan to have five programs in clinical trials. So if you look at, at this, this techno technology, the drugs that you are developing, um, it sounds that there are some similarities uh, with antibody drug conjugates, but there is also a big difference between the drug that you develop, uh, the pro-body um, antibody technology, as well as the antibody drug technologies. Can you really summarize some of that difference? Absolutely. Um, and I would say that the, the technology itself applies really to all therapeutic antibody formats, of which the antibody drug conjugate is just one. So the underlying technology, the masking technology that we have developed, we have applied to therapeutic antibodies, to antibody drug conjugates, to bispecific antibodies. And we're also researching the application of masking to certain CAR-T therapies, which are, of course, engineered immune cells engineered to present uh, and, and recognize tumor cells in a, in a very effective and potent way. So, so the underlying technology itself is applicable to um, really all antibody formats and uh, not, not specifically antibody drug conjugates. And I can tell you more about, about each of those in terms of the programs that we have in the clinic. For example, the lead program in our pipeline is a probody against Anti, against PDL1, which is a very well-known, very well-validated uh, target in oncology. So, the, this particular therapeutic is an antibody against PDL1 that we developed, which you can think of as somewhat similar to the antibody that Roche is commercializing, uh, which is called T-centric. This is an anti-PDL1 antibody. It's, it's, it's a very effective anti-cancer therapy in a number of indications. We have our own anti-PDL1 antibody, but we have put a mask on it, and the mask allows us to focus the activity within cancer tissue and diminish the, the side effects. So that's our lead program, which I can tell you a bit more about later on. Um, the second program we have in the clinic is a, what we call a pro-body drug conjugate. So now this gets to the antibody drug conjugate application. This is a, a, a very interesting molecule that is, again, it's an antibody against a very uh, abundant tumor protein we, we call CD166. This is a molecule that's present on the cell surface of many different cancer cells in many different cancer types. We have a, an antibody against CD166. We turned it into a probody by putting a mask on it, and then we conjugated it to the payload as you would a typical antibody drug conjugate to make the probody drug conjugate. And the reason that, we, um, that we've done this is that this target, CD166, we believe has great potential as an anti-cancer therapy. The problem is that this target is also present on many normal human tissues. So no one has tried to develop a drug against this target before because it's on normal tissues and normal cells and it would be predicted to be highly toxic in patients. The probody approach allows us to selectively target in tumor tissue and not target or bind to target in normal tissue <clears throat> and in doing so open a therapeutic window 
open a therapeutic window for this very high potential target. So that's just another example of an application of our technology. And fundamentally, what we're, what we're trying to do with our platform technology is to generate a whole new class of safer, more effective anti-cancer therapies. And that indeed is our vision statement for our company, which is transforming lives with safer, more effective therapies. Tell us about your IND for a CTLA-4 pro, probody therapeutic and what makes this drug unique and how does it address an unmet medical need? Yes, this is a very exciting program that we're moving forward with our partner, Bristol Squibb, And uh, this goes back to a foundational alliance we formed with BMS in 2014. This molecule is a probody targeting an immune checkpoint called CTLA-4. CTLA-4 is the target of the BMS drug Yervoy, which they launched in 2011 and which was a, a foundational advance in the field of cancer immunotherapy. In fact, it's the, it's the drug, drug that really ignited the whole field of cancer immunotherapy uh, several years ago. This is a really, um, Yervoy, which is the, the, the BMS drug, is a very powerful drug. It uh, causes uh, or results in complete remissions in, in certain cancer patients. Um, however, it's also a rather toxic drug because its mechanism of action is to activate the immune system to recognize cancer cells. Unfortunately, the activated immune system also can uh, recognize and damage many normal tissues as well. So what we're trying to do with BMS, with the ProBody, is to develop a safer, more effective version of Yervoy. So we did that by applying our masking technology to Yervoy itself, uh, putting a mask on the antibody, uh, a mask that can be removed in tumor tissue by tumor-associated proteases, and BMS advanced that molecule into the clinic recently, and they're currently running a phase 1-2 trial evaluating the, the, the CTLA-4 probody, which they refer to as BMS-986249. Uh, they're evaluating it in a range of tumor types, uh, both as a monotherapy and in combination with, uh, with a, an anti-PD-1 inhibitor called uh, nivolumab. So we're very excited about this this program, and uh, it's, uh, it's the leading edge, as I said, of this foundational alliance that we have with BMS and really is a, a great illustration of the, the potential power of our technology to create safer, more effective medicines for cancer patients. I see. And you're also developing a new drug called CX072. Uh, what is this being investigated for and what are some of the results that you've seen thus far in preclinical studies and were they as what was expected? Yes, this is another very exciting program. Uh, this is a program that we still own full rights to at Cytomics. It's our most advanced molecule in clinical studies. It's a probody that targets a protein called PDL1, which, like CTLA4, is another immune checkpoint target. And similarly to anti-CTLA4 antibodies, antibodies directed against PDL1 have been shown to be very effective in a range of different cancer types in, uh, in, in inducing uh, potent anti-cancer responses. The, uh, similarly to CTLA4 inhibition, blocking PDL1 also can result in severe immune toxicities. And so uh, the approach here is very similar to the approach we're taking with, with BMS on CTLA4, which is to make a, a masked antibody, a probody against PDL1 with the, uh, with the promise of 
a safer, more effective version of the drug that can be, uh, again, dosed uh, optimally in patients, and in particular, that can be dosed more optimally in combination with other anti-cancer agents. The way the field of immune therapy has evolved over the last five years, it's really become a, a, a field of combination therapies where there are many, many clinical trials now underway evaluating the combination of PDL1 uh, PDL1 inhibitors in combination with other anti-cancer agents. And the reason for that is that although the activity of PDL1 as monotherapy is pretty good, we know it can be improved by combining with other mechanisms. As you might imagine, however, when you combine multiple drugs together, you, in addition to seeing increased activity or efficacy of the combinations, unfortunately, we also typically will see increased toxicities as well. So the vision that we have for CXO72, the anti-PDL1 probody, is that it could become a safer and more effective centerpiece of combination cancer immunotherapy moving forward. Does that mean that you are be able uh, you you can now manage these uh, uh, the adverse events that you may see in an uptake if you combine different drugs, but actually reduce the effects of them because you are actually masking the one of the drugs activities? That's exactly right, and and that's exactly what we're evaluating in our clinical trial that we call Proclaim. CXO72, PROCLAIM stands for Probody Clinical Assessment in Man. This is a broad-based phase one, two clinical trial that we launched to evaluate the safety and activity of CXO72 as a monotherapy, but also in combination. And we have two combination arms in this study underway. One is with Yervoy, the BMS drug that I just mentioned, and the other is with a, a, a small molecule called Zalbaraf, which is a, an inhibitor of the protein kinase BRAF. Now, we know from prior published data that combinations of PDL1 or PD1 inhibitors with either Yervoy or Zalbaraf are, are really are significantly more effective as anti cancer treatments than either agent alone. So the combinations clearly are more active, but the combinations are also more considerably more toxic. Indeed, the synergy of activity is mirrored by the synergy of toxicity. So the masking of the PDL1 probody uh, is aimed at improving the tolerability of the combination. And the, the rationale for that is that the uh, in antibody form, the PDL1 antibody activates the immune system broadly, but in probody form will only activate the immune system in the tumor. So that's what we're evaluating in this clinical trial, and we'll present our first data uh, in the middle of uh, this year. If, if you just think about CXO72 as a molecule, the anti-PDL1 probody, it's, it's really taking advantage of two fundamental biological observations uh, that we have, we have learned about, about cancer. Uh, the PDL1 component takes advantage of the emerging understanding of checkpoint molecules and how they control the immune system and how if we block the checkpoints, we can reawaken the immune system to recognize cancer tissue and eliminate it. The molecule also takes advantage of 
many decades of research into how cancer is rich in these proteins we call proteases, which play an important role in the formation and metastasis and spreading of cancer. Uh, we're taking advantage of the, these proteases to activate the anti pdl one probody. So uh, it, this is a molecule that really builds on decades of scientific research and tries to turn these properties of cancer tissue back on the cancer itself by uh, taking advantage of these fundamental intrinsic biologic mechanisms uh, to create a, a very, very innovative uh, and we hope ultimately very effective uh, anti-cancer agent. So if you if you look at the whole um, series of products that you've been dealing with, I mean, it's changing the way we actually deal with cancer or how we treat cancer. Um, it's potentially creating a safer environment or safer tool to for, for oncologists to uh, work with patients. Um, what what are some of the things that um, really we need, need to look at in the future to change a little bit further? Um, it seems to me a very yeah. exciting development that you're de dealing with. Yes, absolutely. It, it, it's a it's a very a very good question. And in fact, um, the second program that's in the clinic uh, at Cytomics, which we call CX two zero zero nine, I think is a very a very good example, a very good illustration of uh, the, 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 the potential for probody technology to bring therapies to patients that otherwise could not be developed. And in it, this particular molecule, again, CX2009, is what we call a probody drug conjugate. This is a first-in-class molecule that is directed against a very uh, abundant tumor antigen called CD166. This is a protein that's on most tumor cells, most tumor types. And it is, we believe, a terrific target. The, the, the challenge with the target is that it, it hasn't been developed before because this target is also on many normal tissues. And you would, you would predict that if you made an antibody, or particularly if you made an antibody drug conjugate to CD166, you would predict that it would be highly toxic in, uh, in normal tissues. So no one has taken a CD166 molecule into the clinic yet. That toxicity is caused by the fact that you have the same target um, on so-called healthy cells as well as on cancer cells? That's right. And so, there's, so for, a, for a therapeutic without some kind of masking or some kind of way to localize in cancer tissue, a therapeutic against CD166, you would predict would 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 be uh, would be uh, toxic to patients and would have what what we call would would not have a therapeutic window. So what we've been able to demonstrate with, in our preclinical studies is we've made a a, a, a probody to, to CD166. We have conjugated it to a highly toxic payload. Uh, that we um, that is called DM4. That's uh, a molecule that we licensed from a, a company called Immunogen. This is a, and this is a very potent, uh, a very potent molecule that can kill cancer cells very effectively when the mask is removed, but that can't bind normal tissue because in normal tissue the mask stays on and blocks the uh, the antibody from binding to to its target. So the so the probody approach here is allowing us to develop a first-in-class therapy with potential across many different cancer types 
against a target that no one else has been able to take forward into the clinic before. And I think this is a, a terrific illustration of the, the true power of our technology to bring new medicines to patients that uh, would otherwise not be possible. Right. So this whole area is within oncology, um, and that's often an, an, an area of expertise where a lot of uh, the more advanced drugs, more difficult drugs to treat um, uh, disease with, I mean, are being tested or being developed. The technology comes out of that. Um, if we look right now at ADCs in general, and we look at your technology, the so-called um, uh, uh, PDCs, if I may call them that way, um, uh, what are your expectations uh, to take this outside of the realm of oncology, so beyond oncology and hematology, so, so to speak? Well, if, when we think about the, the ProBody platform as a whole, of course, the, the, the technology platform is, is based upon the scientific observation that these proteins called proteases are switched on in cancer tissue and switched off in normal tissue. And that's something we've known for a long time. It turns out that pro proteases are also turned on in a number of other diseases. In fact, many dif different diseases have active proteases, in inflammatory disease, cardiovascular disease, uh, tissue remodeling, tissue fibrosis. Uh, there are many, many additional indications beyond cancer where proteases are switched on. And um, it's certainly true that all of these could be opportunities for, for pro-bodies, um, potentially for pro-body drug conjugates in, in some form. Um, it, interestingly, there has been some work uh, done in the field, uh, not by Cytamix, but by, by others, looking at very creative antibody drug conjugates in inflammatory disease where the, the conjugated drug put on the antibody is not a cytotoxic molecule that's meant to kill cells, but uh, is something that looks more like a, an anti-inflammatory, uh, for example, a, a steroid. And um, the idea being that you could more loc you know, locally deliver in a, with an antibody, uh, you could deliver anti-inflammatory therapy. And <clears throat> you know those those kinds of um, those kinds of approaches. Uh, you know we we think are interesting and you know could lead the way to uh, the ability for cytomics to to build programs outside of oncology as we continue to build and develop the company. So the technology has, we think, very broad application, and this is um, it's worth noting that in the Bristol Myers Alliance that we we expanded last year, we we announced a major expansion of our alliance with, with BMS. Uh, they paid us an additional $200 million up front to gain access to eight additional targets from our platform. And two of those targets will be outside of oncology. So BMS has recognized, uh, certainly has recognized the potential for our technology outside of oncology as well. And we, we, um, yeah, we, we will continue to think about, as we grow and develop our company, about investments, making investments in uh, non-oncology uh, areas as well. 
So one of the things that comes to mind if you, you look at antibody drug conjugates, and, and not necessarily your technology, but that's just dealing with antibody drug conjugates, is that if you um, may switch to some out areas outside of oncology, um, one of the, the, the um, problems that you may see is an effect in cells that not necessarily be targeted. Um, so-called off-targeted uh, response that you may see. Um, is that something uh, you have also with, with your technology? Um, my understanding is he's talking to some of the people uh, at Merck, for example, um, that uh, they really are came across this problem and um, had to change, for example, the linger technology between the cytotoxic and, toxic and the, 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 the actual uh, antibody. In this case, um, is that some of the things that you come across in your technology as well? Yes, absolutely. And uh, it, if we if we take lessons from the application of antibody drug conjugates in oncology, you know, some of the some of the key lessons have been that the uh, the the target itself that the antibody engages with. Um, the target needs to be present at high levels in the disease tissue to enable enough of the antibody drug conjugate to, to, to bind to the cell and get inside the cell and actually ultimately kill the cell. So we, 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 we now have a pretty good understanding that we need targets for ADCs that are present at high abundance in, in cancer tissue. And in fact, if you look at the, um, uh, the, the most advanced, uh, best known antibody drug conjugate that is, um, that is Cadsila, the, uh, the, the, the Genentech Roche drug that targets HER2, that, that drug is effective in breast cancer because HER2 is present at high levels on many uh, breast uh, tumor types. And um, so we, we know that high level of target is required for activity. HER2 is not expressed at any significant level in any other tumor type, and therefore CADSILA does not work in any other tumor type. So, um, so, so taking that learning, if we, if we ask the question, which proteins which targets are present at the highest possible levels in cancer tissue to give us the highest chance of getting enough of the toxin into tumor cells. It turns out there are many, many targets that are present at even higher levels than HER2 on many different cancer types, but they have not been developed before because those targets usually, almost invariably, are present on many normal tissues, like CD166. And another target that we that we like, like CD71. So, so if we then move outside of oncology to think about other indications, I think the same. We have reason to believe the same rules should apply. That you would want targets that are present at high levels in the disease tissue. And the, what we're able to do with our technology is, uh, regardless of whether those targets are present on normal tissue, we're able to develop drugs against them with a therapeutic window because the pro-body masks the binding outside of the disease tissue. So, so we have, as I said, we have reason to believe that the same, the same rules might apply 
outside of oncology as well. We'll, uh, Additional research is required. After the break, we're back with our interview with Sean McCarty, President and Chief Executive Officer at Cytomics. And welcome back to the Ongesim Brief. I'm Peter Hofland, here with Sonia Portillo. Today we're talking with Sean McCarty, President and Chief Executive Officer at Cytomics. So you you were mentioning um, a little bit to, uh, to clo- close the program with uh, about uh, your relationship or your partnership or uh, with uh, Bristol-Meyer. What kind of other organizations and companies you're working with in the development of your pro uh, body technology? Yes, well, partnering has been an important part of our, our business model uh, for, for, for several years. And you know, we, we believe fundamentally that to grow and develop a platform technology company and turn that company into an integrated uh, biotechnology company, partnership partnership formation is a very important part of the overall business plan. So to date, we have formed alliances with four uh, major pharma companies, uh, with Pfizer, with BMS, with AbV, and most recently <laughs> with Amgen. Uh, the... Um, the deals with Pfizer and AbV are focused in the pro-body drug conjugate space. The deal with BMS is in oncology, uh, including immuno-oncology. And the, uh, our most recent alliance with Amgen is uh, a very interesting deal focused in a, an application of pro-body technology in the emerging field of T-cell engaging by specific antibodies which is a, a, a very exciting emerging format of therapeutic antibody that uh, we, we believe has, has very, very high potential and Amgen believes as well. Uh, let me just tell you just a, a little bit about what these molecules are. So um, in contrast to an antibody drug conjugate where you have an antibody with, a, with a, effectively a chemotherapy uh, on it, the T-cell engaging bispecific does something a little different. It is a, it's a bispecific antibody that can, that can bind to cancer cells, but by also binding to T-cells, it can recruit T-cells into cancer tissue, and those T-cells can attack the cancer cells and ultimately kill them. The, um, uh, the first approved T-cell engaging bispecific is a drug called Blincyto, which was initially developed by Micromet. Micromet was acquired by Amgen several years ago, and that was a, a real breakthrough in the field. And in, I would say across across the, the, the biopharmaceutical industry and oncology today, there's enormous interest in finding uh, new T cell engaging by specifics. As you might imagine, one of the challenges is, uh, just like with immunotherapy, if you um, if you have a bispecific antibody that can activate T cells, these these molecules can be very very uh, they're, they're very potent and they can be very toxic because again you activate T cells throughout the entire body. So what we've been able to show preclinically with probody technology applied to these T cell bispecifics is that again, as with our other programs, we've been able to substantially improve the therapeutic window the balance between safety and toxicity. And we've presented some of this work at a number of scientific meetings. And uh, Amgen 
as the, the, the leader in the field since their micro acquisition, uh, was very excited at our, our preclinical work. And uh, we, we uh, were able to sign this deal uh, towards the end of last year. And we're now moving multiple programs through um, um, early stages of uh, R&D. Uh, and uh, we're absolutely thrilled to have Amgen as a partner. This is very exciting news, very exciting to see that you, um, where you're going with this technology. When can we expect the first pro-body-based uh, drugs in the clinic, in, in, uh, not in clinical trials, but actually uh, for treatment options? Yes. Um, so as I mentioned, uh, we, we have two pro-bodies in clinical trials, uh, trials ourselves. That's CX072 and CX2009. BMS has the anti-CTLA-4 pro-body in clinical trials. And by the end of this year, we'll have two additional programs in the clinic. Uh, one of those will be uh, what we call a, uh, a, another pro-body drug conjugate against a protein called CD71. And the fifth program is an anti-PD-1 pro-body. Um, so we will be presenting our first clinical results uh, this year. Uh, in middle and uh, second half of 2018. And of course, depending upon those uh, initial data, uh, we'll, we'll be in a position to think about what the next stage of clinical development might look like. And um, uh, um, it's too early to guide on when, you know, precisely when pro-body therapeutics could be available for patients. But uh, um, But this is an important year for us as we We'll get the first initial uh, um, views as to how probody technology is functioning in patients. Definitely exciting. Well, thank you very much uh, for uh, being here with us today, and uh, we'll we definitely will be uh, coming back uh, with uh, future interviews with you. I'm sure about that. Great, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. This edition of the Oncazine Brief was originally recorded on February 9th, 2018. For us here at the Oncazine Brief, we want to thank you, our listeners and underwriters, for your ongoing support. Thanks to your support, our program now has a wider reach. Our program can be heard in Arizona on KFNX, one of the top 10 radio stations in Arizona, reaching almost 5 million people throughout the state, as well as via iHeartRadio in addition to PRX, Public Radio Exchange. And you can also download our program via iTunes. Later this month, UK Health Radio will also start broadcasting our program in the United Kingdom and mainland Europe. For more information about that, check our online journal, Oncazine, at oncazine.com. We know that based on this interview, you may have questions, so please submit your questions to our editorial team via email, Facebook, or Twitter. We will post as many answers as we can on our website, oncozine.com. That is O-N-C-O-Z-I-N-E dot com. Thank you all, and thank you for listening. And join us again for our next episode. I'm Peter Hofland. Here with Sonia Portillo, and this is the Young Cuisine Brief. The Young Cuisine Brief is produced for Sun Valley Communication by Peter Hofflin, Sonia Portillo, Evan Wint, David Kaler, and Sean Mayer, and distributed by InPress Media Group. Support for the Young Cuisine Brief comes from listeners of this station and our commercial underwriters and advertisers. For more information about underwriting and sponsoring options, contact Sean Mayer in California at 949-923-1660 or visit our website 
at oncazine.com forward slash underwriting. The Oncazine Brief contains health and medicine related information and is provided for educational and entertainment purposes only. The content is not intended as a substitute for professional medical or health advice and does not replace your doctor's advice. Your doctor is the best person to answer questions about your personal health. If you hear something in this program that doesn't agree with what your doctor has told you, ask him or her about it. In the next episode of the Oncogene Brief, we talk with Dr. Gisela Swap, President, Product Development and Medical Affairs and Chief Medical Officer at Axelixis. Founded in 1994, Axelixis is an oncology-focused biotechnology company that strives to accelerate the discovery and development of new medicines for difficult-to-treat cancers. Following early work in model genetic systems, Axelixis established a broad drug discovery and development platform that has served as the foundation for the company's continued efforts to bring new cancer therapies to patients in need. The company discovered and developed its lead compounds, cabozantinib and cobimetinib, and advanced them into clinical development before entering into partnerships with leading biopharmaceutical companies in an effort to bring these medicines to patients globally. Until next time, this is Jonkers in Brief.